Um, and then I just basically got into the new age uh, because of those things, things like the law of attraction. Uh, gosh, like anything you could think of. I remember thinking psychic mediums were fine. Clairvoyance, clairaudience, um, tarot cards, uh, crystal energies, things like that. Uh, everything was okay. Welcome to the Ryan Holmes podcast, where our goal is to encourage Christian thinking and Christian living. Before we jump into the episode today, I just wanted to remind you guys, if you wouldn't mind giving us a five-star review um, on Apple Podcasts or whatever listening platform you might be using. Also, if you want, you can subscribe to our Locals community at ryanhomespodcast.locals.com to join the community and support the podcast. You can subscribe on YouTube as well. Also, go and check out our store at justjesusbrand.store and click on the Ryan Holmes podcast tab to get some merch today. And as always, if you have any questions about today's episode for me or for um, the person that I am interviewing, you can send me an email to ryanholmespodcast at gmail.com. And so this week, we are, yes, bringing you another interview, and I'm very excited about my guest this week. She is a Christian apologist. She's a Christian YouTuber. She's a Christian artist, and she is an ex-New Ager. And that's what we're going to be talking about this week is the New Age and her story um, coming from the New Age to Christ. And so I'm very much looking forward to this discussion this week. So I'm going to bring on now Melissa Doherty. Melissa, thank you so much for choosing to join with us on the podcast this week. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. We um, People may not know this, but this is our second go around at this. So we're going to get mm -hmm. it this time. <laughs> yes, I'm the dummy who messed up the audio. Um, and so we're trying this again. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. Cause I remember, you know, your audience doesn't know this, but I was like, Hey, your audio doesn't sound right. So yeah. So, uh, Ryan, we, we tested it out this time. So we're good to go. Yeah. We made sure. <laughs> so, um, if it's not good enough, well, oh, oh well, <laughs> it's always going to be good enough for a podcast. So <laughs> yes, for sure. But, um, for, for the listener, Melissa and I met at the, uh, this year's SES apologetics conference, which was a great conference. And um, we connected there and she was uh, willing to, uh, to to come on the podcast and um, really just to introduce you guys to this subject of the new age. And I'm excited to, to have her on. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to be here. I think that um, that apologetics conference was possibly one of my favorite things this year. And it was nice to meet everybody. It was really mm -hmm. interesting because you don't you don't know who watches you. You have no idea. You have all these people who watch your stuff. And it's just really humbling to to meet, you know, the people one on one. And I'm glad that, you know, you came up and said hi and introduced yourself. And I hope that, you know, this conversation can help your listeners understand more about this topic. For sure. And I'm very mm -hmm. excited about that. And definitely it was such a good conference. I've never been to an apologetics conference in general, let alone the SES conference. And it was just great. It was awesome seeing 
Uh, I know I've mentioned this to you before, but seeing, you know, some of my heroes of the faith and yeah. people that I listen to and follow, and it's just, it's really good to get a chance to meet them in person and talk to them. Uh, so yeah, it was a, a really great time. Yeah. And ditto too. I mean, it's funny because people don't realize that we kind of have, you know, like Elisa is a, Elisa Childress, she's a friend of mine, for example, but mm -hmm. I also look up to her as somebody that, you know, uh, speaks with great authority and, and. I learn from all the time. So it's just, it's, it's fun for everybody all around, you know, that you're just mingling together. And if you guys don't know what the SES apologetics conference is, it's Southern Evangelical Seminary apologetics mm -hmm. conference. And they, um, in my opinion, are one of the best seminaries in our country. Uh, they're no nonsense and they teach really good theology. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's probably in my opinion, one of the things that really sets them apart. So uh, right. Look at look them up if you're looking for a seminary. I highly recommend them. Yeah, for sure. And that's right. even one that I've looked into and uh, been more more encouraged to look into based on that conference and mm -hmm. um, just the, the positive things that people say about it. So um, what I'd like to do real quick is I always give the person that I'm interviewing an opportunity to share their faith, um, share their story of how they came to Christ. Mm -hmm. So if you wouldn't mind kind of giving us a brief overview of what that looked like for you um, and, you know, how you made the decision to come to Christ. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, some people have earth shattering stories. Other people have just a, you know, like a kind of a gray story, you know, they're like, Oh, well, you know, I guess I accepted Christ at eight years old and never really doubted. And you know, that was not me. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely had a, a household that was just free open spirituality I didn't realize that at the time uh, that it wasn't Christian hmm. at all. I mean, my mom, uh, my family, you know, Lutheran, Presbyterian background. And but my great grandparents were Christian scientists. So we had a lot hmm. of that that new thought, higher, th like higher thought type stuff in our belief system growing up. You know, and so, I mean, I always had spirituality. I never dabbled in atheism. I never understood uh, that there wasn't something supernatural because when you grow up experiencing things, uh, you 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 tend to believe in a supernatural. You know, you don't. You're know, like, I'm not mm. psycho. Like, there's something here. Right. And so, I mean, that wasn't a real natural uh, belief system for me. But it was uh, at 16 years old, basically, is whenever it happened for me. And it's a long story. And and really, my story is kind of twofold when it comes to that. But uh, I, I was not a very happy teenager. Uh, I was in a really dark place, had a lot of identity issues. I had a lot of just, you know, depression. It, it, it you know, and I, I contemplated suicide many times. And mm -hmm. there was just one particular weekend and that I, I happened to be at this party. I wasn't even supposed to be there. That's a story in and of itself, hmm. you know, and uh, it was just a real rough time I was going through at this point. And uh, my friend I remember walking in, I remember seeing him just really animated, you know, like talking to people at this party. I'm like, wow, what's wrong with him? What's going on? <laughs> Whatever, you know, and I grab my um, alcohol and I go sit down and I start drinking it. It turns out that he had just gotten saved and he was being, <laughs> he's trying to witness the people at the party. <laughs> at this drunken party? <laughs> yeah, at a drunken party. He's like, everybody, repent. you need to repent, you know, and he wasn't perfect by any means. I mean, he was still going through his own stuff, but I'm glad right. that he was there at that mm -hmm. party because I listened to him. I heard him, mm -hmm. and uh, it was that night. That night shifted everything, and I got to tell you, it's just my favorite part of, of my whole life 
was waking up the next day. I mean, still, mm -hmm. even I was 16 years old now or then, and now I'm 30 years old. And it's just <laughs> even now thinking about it. I remember this, like sitting up in my bed, like the best way I can put it is, have you ever seen Pil Pilgrim's Progress? I actually haven't. No. Well, there's a scene where Christian, it's an allegory, but he has mm -hmm. this big, huge pack that he's carrying around with him. And it's the burden of his sin, like the burden, right? And he lays it down. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, he lays it down at the cross. That's exactly how it felt when I lifted up out of bed. I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> I feel amazing. I felt everything looked different. Like colors looked different. Sounds sounded different. Smells sounded different. Um, I was a completely different person. And uh, long story short from there, uh, basically how I got caught up in the new age came after that. And people mm. sometimes are really surprised to hear that. But uh, I got some, I was very frustrated in my spiritual walk when I first got started. I, I, I had a lot of questions. I, I could not just, okay, I, 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 I accepted this. I believe this. This changed my life. Now I want to know more about it. Mm. I want to, oh, I had this hunger. That was the other thing is I had this insatiable hunger to know more, 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 more. Tell me more. Tell me more about this God. And the thing is, is that, Really, nobody was available to answer my questions. Um, even today we have this, especially online on social media. And I actually just made a post about this. It's interesting. But one thing that really drove me into the new age was that everybody in, in the church took this almost like anti-intellectual stance. And I seemed like a pariah answering or asking intelligent questions. But the new age welcomed them. It was just like, oh, I could ask anything here. These people, maybe they know something because they welcome questions. They're not afraid of my questions. Mm. Um, and so I just assumed that they had the answers. And that that's just one of many reasons why I went into these, these teachers. But you got to understand, they called themselves Christians. They quoted scripture. They talked about Jesus. So I thought, oh, gosh, this is like higher spirituality. This is higher Christianity. These other Christians are very close-minded very judgmental. And to be honest, sometimes they were, <laughs> if mm. I'm perfectly honest. Um, that was a huge turnoff to me. And I didn't want to be associated with that at all. Right. Um, I had no idea there was like a, a more intelligent part of Christianity. You know, I didn't, I didn't realize that there was a space for that, um, a, a deep space. I just thought that it ended at one point and it's like, nope, don't ask any questions beyond this. And I'm like, nope, sorry. <laughs> I need to know. I need to know. Um, and then I just basically got into the new age, uh, because of those things, things like the law of attraction, uh, gosh, like anything you could think of. I remember thinking psychic mediums were fine, clairvoyance, clairaudience, um, tarot cards, uh, crystal energies, things like that. Uh, everything was okay. The Bible was just a suggestion on, on many levels. And, um, I didn't understand a lot of things. And then I had my first child when I was, oh gosh, I, I, I remember the year it was 2010. And in 2011 is when I discovered uh, that basically, oh, this isn't what I thought it was. It was actually Jehovah's Witnesses that, of all of all people, really challenged what I believed. And uh, I ended up researching their religion and ended up uh, understanding things that I believed was not correct at all. And it, it caused like a, a good crisis of faith. And I ended up getting into counter cult ministry and I basically been in ministry since 2011 ever since then. And just maybe a few years ago, started getting on YouTube.
So people mm-hmm. don't realize, like I was in, I was in ministry years before I've been in, on, on YouTube learning, uh, learning from people much smarter than me that really should have platforms, mm-hmm. um, you know? And so, but yeah, and now I'm where I'm at now. And, uh, you know, I get to talk about the new age and need to, uh, and I get to, t- to, to try to teach people about how this is in the church and, but yeah, in a nutshell, that's my story. That's awesome. I appreciate yeah. you sharing that. And so um, typically most religions, you kind of have your, your core doctrinal beliefs that, um, that you can say like, you know, obviously in Christianity, you can, you can kind of look to pillars of the faith mm-hmm. that, that, you know, your, your typical Christian would believe. Um, but is that how it is with the new age? I know it seems to be something that's hard to kind of nail down. Maybe people, even if they don't understand something, they just kind of lump it into the new age. Um, can you kind of give us an understanding of, you know, are there core kind of consistent beliefs within the new age or how, how does that, um, does that work? Yeah, I would say yes, there are, but it is like nailing jello to a wall. I call it pinning uh-huh. down a cloud. It's like, right. how do you, it, and so basically the way that I put it and the way that I try to relate what this belief system is like is imagine a spiritual salad bar and you're there and you are approaching the salad bar with a certain preference. What do you like? What do you not like? Leave what you don't like and pick up what you do like, right? So, I mean, if you're going to go to a typical salad bar, most people don't even touch the pepperoncinis. Like who wants that? Like who puts that on a, you know what I mean? <laughs> pepperoncinis, you know, some people croutons are very controversial, you know, like, so you, you try to decide, okay, well, um, what works for me, but also what isn't going to be offensive to other people, you know, and you make your own little spiritual salad bar. That's an, the new age. So, um, Christianity, a lot of people will leave off their plate, like hell, wrath, you know, the, the negative stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, but we're going to go over to Eastern mysticism and we're, we're going to take transcendent, transcendental meditation, put that on our plate, even though it contradicts everything that Christianity stands for, but this is my plate. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's basically what it is, is that you're just, you're, you're taking different worldview puzzle pieces, creating your own puzzle that doesn't fit and you're forcing it together. Um, some names that are popular in our culture that I think a lot of people will be like, aha, okay, I know what she's talking about, um, that you can associate with a new age, Oprah. Oprah is a new ager. Mm-hmm. She calls herself a Christian. <laughs> think about that. But Oprah is a, a, a complete and total, probably the poster child for for the new age. Um, you have people like Richard Rohr, who is a Franciscan priest, who's a progressive new ager, in my opinion. Um, you have even this, this is controversial, but even Joel Osteen would be considered more, uh, new age, not, not even new age. He's more new thought, which is uh, new age and new thought basically at the core. And this is the core belief. So I said, yes, there are some beliefs that, um, are definitely core beliefs. And the biggest one, if, if you can start at one and go out from there is you are God, you mm-hmm. are divine. It's a very neology self type of belief. And as long as you are at the center of this belief system, it can very, very well be considered new age. Really, it's the oldest religion in the world. That's really what it is. It's, um, it goes back to the garden. Um, the first lie told to mankind is that you can be like God. So it's like the, it's basically the serpent's lie. 
And it is very enticing, <laughs> mm-hmm. very enticing and very tricky. And uh, I think that's why I, I tend, even as an ex-New Ager, to give people a lot of grace because I don't, I didn't, re- I didn't know. I had mm-hmm. no idea that what I believed wasn't Christian. Um, I just, I, I didn't have anybody to come alongside me to tell me in a way that I can understand, hey, this, there's actually differences here, you know? Uh, so in a nutshell, that's basically what I would define as being new age. You know, you just take from Buddhism, Hinduism, Christianity here, 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 secularism, whatever. And here is your smorgasbord of religion. Um, but at the center typically is, um, a, a self led worship is basically Mm -hmm. what it is. Okay. And what would be some, you know, practical um, um, outworkings or practices of, of, of a new ager? Um, I don't know. And I've, I've heard you mention it before, but just uh, like, like the law of attraction comes to mind or like those types of things. What are the, what would you engage in as a new ager? I guess, I guess you could say, or maybe you did when you were involved in it. Yeah. The biggest thing that, um, think of like a tolerance or coexist sticker, right? Like I, I like people that they see this and they think, okay, oh, harmony, right? Think of that in practice where, uh, you would be like, I, let me back up a second. I mentioned that I was more into new thought, mm-hmm. um, and new age. They're, they're the same, but the difference is that new thought was more from the 1800s. It was like a higher thought movement where your thoughts, words, and actions can manifest your reality. Mm. And it was supposed to be like, if anybody's ever heard of the law of attraction in the secret, that's basically a a huge aspect of what it is. And the law of attraction is uh, supposed to be one of many laws of the universe. I remember there being a law of sowing, a law of reaping. Like there's all these different laws that were supposedly in existence that came from channeled spirits. So these channeled spirits would basically teach us these things, but um, yeah, it's, it's a new thought teaching, but the law of attraction was, would be a huge one, which is uh, that everything is energy, right? And that everything has a vibration, you, me, uh, this door, everything, um, animals and whatever energy I am based in uh, or on is what I will attract to myself. So that comes from my thoughts, words, and feelings. So if I have the feelings of joy and love and peace, then I will attract more of that into my life. You can do the same thing with abundance, prosperity. And uh, this is why I uh, parallel a lot of these teachings to the word of faith movement uh, that we see in our church uh, that a lot of prosperity preachers still teach and happens Mm -hmm. at pulpits every week in America. And uh, the law of attraction is one of them. Thoughts become things. Uh, based on your visual visualization techniques. I remember crystal energies was a big one to me because if everything's a vibration and if uh, you are trying to attract something, you can do that with oils and you can do that with crystals. So like, for example, I forget which one it was, uh, uh, rose quartz. I remember we always had rose quartz around uh, because it was thought to have like a, a type of energy that I believe it was healing. Gosh, I can't even remember anymore. Um, but the same thing with oils, like you would dab oil on your wrist to, to manifest finances, uh, things like that, because it's a vibrational thing. Uh, let's see what else. I remember psychic mediums. I remember visiting a few of those. I believed that uh, it was like God's prophets, so to speak, uh, that they were um, 
correcting things that were incorrect in the Bible, not just mm. the, not just the mediums, but just all these new thought teachers like Eckhart Tolle. I looked up to him, uh, Rhonda Byrne. I looked up to her, Oprah, even goodness. There's even more. I have to like, remember, look at my bookshelf. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, who was it that I read? But yeah, like all these teachers that I was into, I just thought that they were just way smarter and correcting these teachings. Uh, meditation is another one. Uh, meditation is mentioned in the Bible, uh, but it's very different type of meditation. Whenever you're meditating in the new age, you're basically trying to, uh, for me in particular, it was to quiet your mind, to have like a oneness with the, um, world around you. But also you can do that to have contact with spirits. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was a big deal. Um, and I think those are basically the things that I was mainly into. There's probably more, but the law of attraction was probably the biggest one I was into. And that branched out into other belief systems. Um, very religious pluralism. I didn't, which basically means that there's truth in all religions. So if you're, if you have a belief in God and that's the best that you can do, and that's your way, that's your salad plate, right? Like that's your way of worshiping God. Then that works for you. Mm -hmm. Your truth. Oh yeah. And uh, relativism was the other one. What works for you works for you. What's true for you is true for you. What's true for me is true for me. Um, we believe in the same thing. We're just describing it different. And that's why the tolerance and coexist sticker is so relevant because all you're trying to do really is have peace. You don't want to have contentious, uh, arguments with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and I judged people based on that. Like how contentious are you? So, um, those are basically the uh, the beliefs that I would say that I held to the most. Right. Okay. Yeah. And you mentioned it uh, a little bit in uh, when you were kind of giving your testimony at the beginning and how um, it was the interaction with the Jehovah's witnesses at your door that kind of, kind of got the ball rolling, I mm -hmm. guess, out of the new age. But can you kind of give us an idea in more detail of how that looked like and how, how you moved out of the new age <clears throat> and how you kind of came to a more biblical Christian faith. Yeah. So, uh, I was in a point because what really turned it around for me was my daughter. I was, she was a baby at the time, but I'm like, man, she's going to ask questions someday. Am I going to know these? Like I felt really spiritual, but I didn't understand a lot about other religions, uh, particularly mm -hmm. within Christianity. I could not understand why there were so many different denominations. And it was in this thought process that two Jehovah's witnesses knock on my door. And you have to understand my mindset at the time was that all Christians believe in the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. We just have different styles of believing in them. So right. in my head, it was, can't we all just get along? We all believe the same thing anyway. Um, and that just got blown out of the water because I had very little minimal understanding of, of the Bible. I had some. Uh, I went to an independent Baptist church when I was first saved. And mm -hmm. it was like boot camp for Christians. And <laughs> you you have this really strict, almost, I'm going to say it, just almost legalistic type of way of doing things sometimes uh, mm -hmm. that I didn't like. However, I still have a lot of warmth towards this, the, my memories at the time of this church, because I did learn some stuff. And I uh, remember them coming in and I uh, thought, man, a lot of people believe that they believe these things, but they don't. It's just a rumor, you know, like it's just a rumor that they believe that Michael is uh, or that Jesus is Michael, the archangel. That's dumb. They don't believe that. Uh, and I was shocked to find out. Yes, they do. They indeed <laughs> do believe this and 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 want to defend this. And 
it was that belief. I remember it was like our third or fourth visit. Um, I was like, oh, I was startled because I'm like, oh, you, you believe this, you know, and something about that really got me going. Mm -hmm. And I went and I researched, um, which is a no-no in the Jehovah's Witness religion. You are not supposed to go on the internet and look at uh, websites that are not approved by the governing body. And so uh, I did. I went to the most unapproved websites and, <laughs> and looked at things <laughs> that basically exposed this religion, so to speak. Um, I learned all about what they believe. And the thing is, though, is that all of a sudden I had to make a choice. Like, okay, if they believe this, because this is what the Bible says, and this is what the Bible says, and it disagrees with them. And if this is what the Bible says, then it disagrees with me. Hmm. Like, you know what I mean? So like, if this is true, then both of us are wrong. Like the right. Jehovah's Witnesses are wrong. And oh, dang, I'm wrong too. <laughs> you know? And so that's really what got it started. Um, and it was a snowball effect. I had to, it was at that point, I suspended a lot of my judgment on the Jehovah's Witnesses until I could learn about what I thought about the Bible. Because hmm. I had a lot of hangups with the Bible. I did not know how we got it. I didn't know how it was translated. I didn't understand uh, the, the history behind it. I had so many questions. And it was really at that point that I had to research that. I had to actually buckle down and learn. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is not what I thought it was, you know? Hmm. And uh, I'm like, okay, I, I can have some sense of understanding that this isn't just some random book that people put together. Like, this is kind of, this is a Jewish history book, hmm. you know? And um, it, it was, just all of these things clicking. And once I had that, I could then basically have this objective position to start from to undo what I believed. And I, I remember being embarrassed. I remember I went to a, a mega church, man. I went to church almost every week. Hmm. And not once did I ever have this, oh, what I believe is wrong, like moment at all in church. I regularly went to church. I think that's really important to, to note. It was uh, the Bible. It was actually comparing what I believed to the Bible. And it, that's how I got into counter-cult ministry to Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses, is that I had such a heart for them. I had such a heart for them because um, it was God used them, you know, as ironic as that sounds. But that's that's really how that happened, is that it, it worked backwards from them challenging me uh, to me just deciding, oh, I'm wrong, and then me challenging them with mm -hmm. the Bible, you know, and learning how to uh, talk with them, learning what they believed correctly, uh, and then challenging them in what they believed. So mm -hmm. uh, that's basically the longer story behind how the, how the Jehovah's Witnesses got me out of the New Age, how God hmm. used them, rather. Right. So, but yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. And it's it's really, to me, it's, um, I hope this doesn't come across the, way, the wrong way, but it's almost surprising that you got to the point where you're at when you didn't have basically direction from pastoral direction or anything like that through the process. You were able to find those answers for yourself. Yeah, um, and it was actually, um, now that you mention it, when I... Uh, when the Jehovah's Witnesses, when that whole thing happened, there were ministries online that devoted their whole lives, you know, like the, their whole ministries were devoted to reaching Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were a few people, but one in particular, uh, she took me under her wing. You know, she um, absolutely helped me 
to um, understand the Jehovah's Witnesses, what they believed, helped answer questions for me. And that was very, very helpful and useful. Right. I think it's inter- interesting you say that because there's there are a lot of people probably that are within my audience of listeners that can relate to some of what you're saying because um, you know I have an independent Baptist background and so um, and and a lot of people that I that, that listen to me are either still in it or they've come out of it or and whatnot and um, yeah so I think there are some consistent ex- experiences of questions being shot down um and i think it i think it is sad that you didn't have that 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 type of leadership especially early on before you kind of went into the new age Mm -hmm. uh to be able to give that direction because to me it would have been simple direction but but you didn't have that and no um but obviously I, i dug though it wasn't just i would ask a question they would give an answer and i'm like but hold on what about this And it was that inquisitiveness that wasn't, I I didn't like that that wasn't seen as a pillar of faith. Like there was no faith and reason. It was just believed because I said it, you know, kind of like a, kind of like an authoritarian parenting type of, you know, and we wonder why that does a lot of damage. Like that does Mm -hmm. a lot of damage to our children. Um, It does a lot of damage in the church. And if you're a spiritual parent and you don't know what you believe or why you believe it enough to actually entertain the questions of people that are asking, I'm convinced that's one reason why we're seeing a lot of deconstruction stories. Right. It drove me into the new age, Ryan. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that if people can realize that you have this belief system that it's open, it's not sustainable. At the end of the day, it will leave you empty. But hey, like I am welcomed. Like all all my questions are welcomed, and people actually bounce things off each other, and it's very stimulating. People Mm -hmm. want that, right? And when we shoot that down out of fear, I believe it's out of fear because Mm -hmm. we have this. If we're being challenged, we think it's very fear based, where. I don't want to be challenged in what I believe. They're asking too many questions. I'm thinking too much. I'm starting to doubt what I believe. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. No, just believe what I'm telling you. Just have faith. So we resort to that, right? We default to that out of fear. And I think that um, it's just, it's disappointing because Christianity didn't used to be like that. There used to be a rich, robust yearning for knowledge. Um, out of, and I think it's a process of worship. Like, mm-hmm. think about that for a second. Like if you come across a scripture, I think that it's an act of worship to wrestle with it because you're actively seeking and searching out your creator. You want to know more about your creator. And the way to do that is to wrestle with, with hard concepts sometimes. But the, the beauty of it all is that, that truth, like if, what we believe is true. It can withstand any question. Mm-hmm. It can stand on anything. And we should constantly be, I, I, I know this is going to sound strange to some people, but maybe it's the apologist in me, but I'm almost like, come at me. You know, like I, I really want somebody to, to, to test it from every, what are the weaknesses here? What are the holes in, in this? Because, and Mike Winger does this. Mike Winger is great at this. He's like, hey, um, I really want people to come at me right now. Like, what do you what do you disagree with? 
why, blah, blah, blah. And um, it's not like he can talk to everybody, but I respect that so much when we can do that as a church, because Mm -hmm. we have a tendency to yell more than we, we can anything like, I don't know, maybe just because of the cultural climate that we're in right now, but I, I see such opportunity for good, wholesome, like intelligent debate, but nobody does that anymore. Everybody's just angry. So yeah, that's my, that's my Ted talk about that. So (laughs) (laughs) no, it's good though. I appreciate you uh, sharing that um, for sure. Um, What I'd like to do now as we kind of get closer to, to the end, I I just want to kind of pick your brain on where you see the new age entering the church. Is it entering the church or does it have a foothold in the church? And maybe you can just give some examples of, of what you're seeing and and where you're seeing it. Yeah, I think it's both. Um, I'm just going to name names straight out. I think the number mm-hmm. one, the best, because what I like people to do is uh, connect things that they're familiar with. And so they'll be like, oh, I know what she's talking about. Uh, so if, for example, I can say, oh, the word of faith. A lot of people have no idea what that means. Right. Some people do. Um, but basically what I'm seeing is mostly, not everything, but mostly through what I would call the hyper charismatic movement. Hmm. And let me just put a name out there, Bethel. That's just yeah. one example. Okay. Um, I have love for people like Bill Johnson. I have love for Benny Johnson. I would, I would be somebody to sit down, have coffee with them. And I would here I am talking about like debating, right? Like sitting down with somebody you disagree with and having an intelligent conversation with them instead of repent, you're going, you're sending people to hell. I don't think that, I don't think that does anything Hmm. like, Hey man, you know what? Like you're not going to listen to anybody that does that anyway. Let's have a coffee. I really don't agree with you on this. And you know what I mean? Like I would have like an intelligent conversation. So I just want to put that out there. It's not like a bash bill fest. And I have love for them, but I I have a bone to pick um, with this stuff that is being brought into the church. And some even charismatics are. I just had a meeting this last week. I called the most charismatic church in my town and had a meeting with the pastor just to listen to them. And I'm like, so tell me about this. What about that? Where's your mind on this? And it turns out, I mean, he's a newer pastor. He's been there. Uh, He replaced the old pastor and he has major problems. (laughs) Hmm. he has major problems. He's like, yeah, I don't like that. You know, he's like, there's a lot of correction going on behind the scenes, you know, and it was a great conversation. I'm like, good. I'm glad that people are calling out people like Bill Johnson, um, within his own community. But, um, I have a bone to pick because of the all out blatant new age teachings that aren't just sneaking in the church. They're rolling out the red carpet and welcoming them for the sake of revival. They wrote a book called Physics of Heaven, and it's basically an apologetic for why the church needs to go into the new age and redeem new age practices and bring it into the church. And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) what? Like, So basically, I could have stayed in all the beliefs that I was in. There's just a Christian version for that. Um, I don't, oh man, I, I had, I did not like that. And I think that it's, uh, has a lot to do with their eschatology, their end time beliefs, because they literally believe that heaven needs to come to earth through signs, wonders, and miracles. And it's done through, uh, these things. And they're like, well, there's results in the new age. Why aren't we seeing those results? Oh, it must be because the new age has secrets 
in it. It has something there that we don't have. So let's go take these and redeem it for the church so we can have our revival. Hmm. And it's just so theologically dangerous. It's very bad theology hurts people. And so when you're taking these things and you're trying to redeem them, I'm like, man, it's like, how do you, how do you redeem something that God told to divorce? He said to have nothing to do with these things. Right. Um, yeah. So um, that's one example. The biggest example is that, I mean, you have mysticism, straight up law of attraction stuff, which is the visualization, prosperity preaching, mm-hmm. um, ask, be, believe and receive uh, the exact scriptures. This was uncanny. The exact scriptures used in the law of attraction to uh, support the law of attraction are the exact scriptures used by word of faith prosperity preachers hmm. to support the to support the same thing, basically. But they're like, it's not new age. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, but it's the same practice. It's the same practice, the same exact thing. Um, and it's the same principle that, Hey, we can do, we can take advantage of this too. Um, whether it's healing money, whatever it is. So, um, those are the, the, uh, two things. The last thing I would say has a lot to do with progressive Christianity and just straight out, like what we were talking about, um, people not realizing, um, what they're believing. They don't know what they're doing. I don't think they realize that what they're believing is new age. So I think a lot of that has to do with biblical illiteracy Mm. and the secularism of today. Like we can have non-essentials that we disagree on, but whenever you're teaching about Jesus being like a social justice warrior, I'm like, have you read the Bible? Like, (laughs) yeah. I'm like, I I don't think that's that. I don't think you have, because if you're going to contextually take what's going on in the new Testament, you are clearly, clearly having like this, this 21st century, bias um let's see there's a what's the word for it you have contextualization and then syncretism so they're syncretizing they're they're taking their 21st century eyes with a first century book and depicting it that way instead of taking it the way that was originally supposed to be interpreted by the author and i'm like you would never 2000 year old jewish history book ever come out with jesus being the social justice warrior like you know so yeah, I think that there's <clears throat> uh, those three types of elements there. Mysticism, law of attraction, you have religious pluralism, you have all these things uh, based on just sheer biblical illiteracy and wanting right. to be liked by the culture. So, right. but yeah. What would you say to somebody who, um, you know, a lot of what you're saying I agree with, and um, but what would you say to somebody who... Um, would respond by saying, oh, this is just fear-mongering. This is just um, making a mountain out of a molehill um, about, you know, this stuff coming into the church. Oh. How would you respond to, um, to, to to somebody who would respond that way? Well, first I would ask them what they mean by that. Like, how is it fear-mongering? You know, I would I would defer to or refer to um, Romans 16, right? Paul himself is like, hey, you're not being divisive by correcting bad theology. It's mm-hmm. the people bringing in the bad theology that are being divisive, right? Right. And, you know, it's, it's almost like, okay, is it fear-mongering to 
somebody poisons your drink, right? They put a they put a drop of poison in in somebody's drink. Is it fear mongering to say, hey, um, maybe we need to not put poison in other people's drinks? Like, absolutely not. Like, that's not something that we would be okay with at all. I mean, we tolerate the poison. We're going to die from the inside out. Um, the other thing I would say is, again, like, what do you mean by that? How is it fear mongering to bring it back to what the Bible's actually saying? Like, one one example I use a lot is a vegan cookbook. Have you Have you heard this example? I believe I have, but I mean, it'd be great for the audience to hear this. Yeah. So I'm not a vegan, but I, I think if you were to pick up a vegan cookbook, read it. And you came to the conclusion that veal was on a recipe for, for one of the, was a, an ingredient for one of the recipes. Immediately you would know. Uh, uh, no, veal cannot be on the recipe in a vegan cookbook. Like that's not, that doesn't fit together. These are two mm -hmm. different views that contradict one another. So if you're telling me that the occult mixes with Christianity, you, you that's, that's cookbook theology. Mm -hmm. And you would not be in the wrong for approaching a non-vegan and saying, hey, that's not vegan. And that's the whole tolerance thing, right? Where it's like, we don't want to be contentious. And mm -hmm. for the sake of, of unity, we sacrifice truth. Right. And that is basically, I'm like, how is that fear mongering? <laughs> right. You know, it's like, you're kind of bringing it back home. Like that's, that's not vegan, man. Like that, this is why it's not vegan is not fear mongering. It's, uh, I believe it would be fear mongering if we were, you know, you know, basically this, this pitchfork and torch hearsay hunters, right? Guns blazing mm -hmm. hearsay hunters. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that. And I've been very vocal of that. I even made a satire, a controversial one about Judy McJudgerson, you know, just this keyboard warrior that just everything is wrong. Like everybody's a false teacher, but her basically. Right. Yeah. And yeah, man. And it's just, um, I am not okay with that. I think that's just as damaging. That's fear mongering. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there's an aspect of legalism where people cross the line and you can't do anything right. right. Um, but no, I definitely think that the same logic applies with the vegan cookbook as it does with a 2000 year old Jewish history book. You cannot take something that is anti-Christian, anti-Jewish and say, oh, this fits mm -hmm. and then call that fear mongering when you try to correct it. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. For sure. Yeah, I just kind of wanted your came to mind, so I wanted your thought on that for sure. I go straight um, to the logic, and and this Romans sixteen is a big one because mm -hmm. he's not he's like you're not divisive; they are. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, and I would agree with you hundred percent for sure. Um, so we are kind of uh, man. This has been a really good conversation, and um, I appreciate your thoughts on all of this. Um, as we're kind of getting to the end, is there um, a word of encouragement that you could leave? The listener, if they're seeing these things in the church, is there a word of encouragement you can mm -hmm. leave with them or maybe just practical help um, given their situation? Yeah. Um, encouragement is a big one because, I mean, you have your podcast, you're in ministry. Uh, discouragement is a virus when you're in, you're in ministry. I'm just going to be real honest. Uh, sometimes mm -hmm. it can be 
uh, the thing that makes you not want to go on when it comes right. to doing ministry, because you, you see it, a lot of stuff that um, can pound you down, you know, church members, especially more sensitive ones how to deal with this. Um, the biggest thing that I would say that's helped me is at the end of the day, leave behind the save them all mentality. I think that we have this, uh, we have a burden for the lost, which we should always have, but we tend to overwork a field that isn't really our job to work. Like it's the mm -hmm. Holy spirit, right? You know, and I don't think, I don't think God ever intended for us to wake up like that where mm -hmm. it's like, oh man, I got to wake up and tell 10 people about Jesus today. You know, like that's not, that's not how it should be. It's, it's more or less like, God, you know what? Use me however you can today. Um, but don't overwork yourself into your own little works-based religion when it comes to this kind of stuff. Um, if you see mm -hmm. this in your church, say something. You know, like look for answers, uh, make yourself available, but also understand how to make yourself reachable yourself, like for people, like don't, 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 in other words, I'm not sure how else to say it, but don't, don't make yourself somebody that's unapproachable yourself. Mm -hmm. You want to be approachable, um, to other people that might be seeing what you're seeing, but is somebody afraid to approach you? Um, mm -hmm. because maybe we don't have a good attitude about it, you know? Um, I would say that, you know, and Jesus is, a, is, is enough. He's in control mm -hmm. and to prayerfully stay in our word every day, you know, and just to be mindful of those kinds of things. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, I would like to give you an opportunity to kind of plug your work where people can find you, uh, the things that you have going on. Um, so you can take, take a few seconds, take a minute or two and just plug plug your work. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for again for having me on. Um, I'd also like to plug a few others work, um, that I, I personally learn from and look up mm -hmm. to, uh, Greg Kokel, Sandra Reason, number one. Uh, yeah. I think that I have learned more from that man, uh, than, uh, most others. I just like the way he puts things, his books, Elisa mm -hmm. Childers, Mike Winger. Um, so most people might've heard of these people before, but if you haven't, uh, I, I, I think that they're great resources. Natasha Crane. Oh gosh, there's so many, uh, for CRT stuff. You have Monique Dusan and center of biblical unity. Um, for me, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Those are the three places that I can be found. Uh, I have a website, melissadoherty.co and, but yeah, most of my content you will find on my YouTube channel. Okay. That's awesome. Great. And I appreciate you referencing all those other yeah. um, great resources. There's probably more. Well. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure everybody there is. At, everybody that was at the SES conference, basically. You have Jay Warner Wallace, Frank Tarek. Yeah. Goodness, mm -hmm. like so many other people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And yeah, I want to, hopefully I'll get uh, them on here as well. But uh, yeah. they're, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, yeah, they're, um, they're awesome for sure. Uh, but Melissa, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, to do this again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, thank you for taking the time to to come on here and give us a better understanding of what the new age is all about and what to look for in the church as well. Um, I really do appreciate your insights um, into the topic today. Yeah. Th thanks again for having me. Um, it's, 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 it's fun, you know, in the circumstances, thanks for working around my schedule. I have to go get 
uh, dental work done now. I had a root canal <laughs> last week and I have to go get a crown on. So that's what I'm doing after this. So this has been a great distraction. That's good. <laughs> something I don't have to think about, you know, getting my tooth all drilled up, but, um, right. but yeah, no, thanks for having me on again. It's, it's been great. For sure. Absolutely. And listener as always, let's encourage others to think about their faith and live it out. We'll see you next week.